Perhaps the most widely known event of the battalion's story is the Battle of the Bulls. There are some clues, but its exact location is still somewhat of a mystery. This episode will share Kevin and Val Halford's memories of the day they hiked the San Pedro River Valley. This episode, we will be joined again with Val Halford, who visited with us to share his memories of walking out of Fort Leavenworth. But he rejoined us again in the San Pedro River Valley to hike the Battle of the Bulls location with Kevin. And these are his thoughts about the day that he spent at that location. Today, we're very fortunate to have with us Val John Halford, um, who joined us uh, along several locations on the trail. And we're catching him in Hagerstown. And I don't know where that is. So Val, where is that? It's in central Maryland, about okay. about 27, no, about 37 miles south of Gettysburg. All right. Well, as you will come to know, uh, Valjean loves history. And oh, yeah. so we're right. going to say thank you for joining us and ask you to just share a bit about what you're doing in Hagerstown and how you first got involved with the Mormon Battalion. Okay, I'm, I'm currently serving as a battlefield ambassador at the Antietam National Battlefield Park, and not very far from here, about uh, really about nine miles to the south. And it's proven to be a wonderful volunteer opportunity that will serve as, no doubt, a fond memory for many years to come. I, uh, I can't begin to describe what what a wonderful experience this has been but i got in, i got involved in italian years ago as the result of my great great grandfather christopher layton i knew he had served in the battalion and when the utah civil war association began to branch out a bit away from civil war reenacting exclusively a lot of the members began to to talk about the battalion and putting together an impression. And this would have been probably back around 1994 is when we, we formed ourselves into Company A uh, of the Mormon Battalion, the historic reenactor group. And we've been actively involved in a host of different venues over the years. Although sad to say, uh, time has caught up with us. Uh, that's quite a few years back, and so consequently, um, a lot of us, unfortunately, are no longer as active as we, we once were. Well, it sounds like there may still be an opportunity then, if there are people in the Intermountain West that might be interested, to maybe they could contact you after or somewhere. Is there someone that they could contact? It, it, it would be myself or Mike Anderson. Um, We've transitioned now into the Utah Living History Association with a variety of different impressions now. Everything stemming from the American Revolution all the way up to the Spanish-American War with a specialization in uh, the Utah War time period. We all do a Johnston's Army impression because we're closely affiliated now with Camp Floyd which, uh, as you may know, was the uh, military establishment set up by Albert Sidney Johnson in 1858. So uh, we're, we're, still, we're still 
putting along, but uh, with a lot less gas in our tank is when we were younger people. I'm happy to say that the hobby has attracted a handful of younger folks, and they're really the hopes for the future. Well, I will just let you know that we have had a chance to interview some of the young scouts that were involved with us here in the River of Time, and they want to do it with their children. They have, as adults, learned pioneer skills and things of that nature, love to work with heritage tools, um, blacksmithing. So any of you who might listen to this recording, I encourage you to try to get your hooks into some aspect of the battalion story or reenacting and you will have an exciting adventure. Here, here. Absolutely. Kevin, when you ask people about the Moran Battalion, what they know about it, invariably, one of the most frequently commented on statements is, well, I know that they didn't fight any battles except with some wild bulls. So would you mind sharing with us a little bit about what is called the Battle of the Bulls, which was just before they got to Tucson? Okay. Battle of the Bulls. I'm going to share some specific facts and then we'll try to talk about uh, some of the things we don't know. So Battle of the Bulls, they're passing through uh, the San Pedro River Valley and they're headed north. When they get to a certain spot on the San Pedro, they're going to turn left or west and head on over to Tucson. So the San Pedro River Valley's, you know, uh, they do about 50 miles up to San Pedro going north. And it's after they've been in the valley a couple of days that they come across an area that had been one of the Spanish ranches. And it was owned and still active. Although the Spaniards were not living there at the time, uh, they tended to live in, in town, and, and sometimes they would go out and round up the cattle if, if it was safe enough to do so. So you've got these wild cattle, and they're wandering around in these hills and, and through the river bottoms. And, of course, the battalion now, we, if, if you really think about it, they're strung out over well over a mile as they're moving up this uh, canyon. They're not a compact group. Uh, you've got some wagons. You've got some guys hiking along. Uh, you've got guides out in front. You've got uh, flanking guards out to the left side and out to the right side, a half mile or so. And so you've got these people all over the place. Well, the hunters were also known to be out shooting and trying to get some meat because everybody's on, on reduced rations. So you've got a really complex kind of arrangement where these people are all over the place. Now, the cattle, of course, like to be close to the water. Uh, that's where the best grass is. That's where the best uh, opportunity to get to their water is. Uh, and the uplands away from the river is, is uh, pretty, pretty meager kind of eating, if you would. Uh, it's uh, not, it's mesquite. It's not really food and fodder for most of the cattle. They're going to stay down close to the river. So as the hunters are hunting, it starts spooking some of the cattle. And again, we tend to think of the Battle of the Bulls as happening at one place at one time. And it's not that way. It's a running battle. You've got the cattle moving through the lines, uh, sometimes at right angles, sometimes up the canyon uh, with the command. Some of the group never even sees the battle. Uh, they hear about uh, some of the gun shooting, and then they hurry back to try to come to the camp, and they come upon the camp, the command that has had the bulls run through the lines. 
and uh, that's but, but they don't actually see the the battle take place. Of course, one of the most famous stories about this is Colonel Cook uh, is sitting on his white mule, watching as this uh, event starts taking place, and a big black bull starts charging Cook and Lieutenant Frost of the battalion. And Cook says, "I told the man warmly," and so he's cussing up, "Get out of the way, you stupid guy!" You know. Uh, you're about to get run over. And and Frost just sits there, Lafayette Frost, uh, just stands there, coolly aims his musket, and only shoots, Cook says, when the bull is within 10 yards of them, nails the thing right through the head and drops him literally at, uh, at Frost's feet. And Cook was just astounded the man would do that and thought it was one of the bravest things he had ever, ever seen a man do. Couple men were injured seriously. Uh, one guy was tossed up in the air by a bull, received a fairly bad uh, gouge in his leg from the horns. And it, it, when you read their journal uh, discussions, you know most of them are writing about this later after it's taken place. And you know how people get kind of nervous and they start cracking jokes about the things that happened to them that uh, were were dangerous. Uh, or years later, they start talking about things and it becomes more humorous than it was at the time. And that really seems to be the situation, Battle of the Bulls. Uh, they, start, <laughs> they start writing songs about it and they start making jokes about it. And, uh, but if you really want to know what it was like, imagine, you know, go to YouTube and, and get some pictures, uh, get some video of, of people running the bulls in Paploma, Spain. And, and getting trampled on by, by the bulls. Or uh, a bullfight where a, a matador gets gored by, by a bull and tossed 15, 20 feet in the air. Um, you know, th those are some just horrific kinds of injuries. And uh, it's, it's quite remarkable that no one was injured any worse than they were. Because uh, when you do have people there and, and bulls get a little bit agitated, uh, you know, they. They talk about the bulls goring uh, some of the mules and, and tearing their intestines right out from uh, of them uh, with their horns and uh, hitting wagons so hard as to lift them off their, off their wheels and, and tossing mules. Uh, so it, it, it was pretty violent. It, it had to be terribly scary at the moment. And, of course, you've got all these guys with their guns shooting all different directions. They weren't, they weren't well-trained enough to set a line of fire and of course things were moving along pretty quickly I'm not sure they would have had the opportunity to be organized um, it wasn't the normal kind of a war battle that you would have uh, it was more like a skirmish of you know your enemies running through you what direction do you shoot safely to avoid hitting one of your own people so there there was certainly a uh, a grave potential there for a friendly fire killing one of our own men uh, but that didn't happen. Uh, they, they managed to not hit each other, and um, they, they did hit a number of the bulls and, and kill a number of the bulls. Uh, the actual number, uh, the numbers vary all over the place, but uh, certainly a, a few dozen. But uh, beyond that, uh, had to be an interesting day. Uh, Cook uh, named uh, the, the stream that they camped by that night that was coming in from... from uh, uh, a lateral uh, into the San Pedro. He named it Bull Run. I think today it's uh, generally referred to as Bobo Tamari.
Creek there in, uh, in Fairbanks area. Now, exactly where it took place, of course, again, it's, it's kind of spread out. Was it actually down in the river bottoms? Was it on the west side of the river? Was it on the east side of the river? To be honest, we really don't know for sure. There's a, a sketch done and attributed to Hancock, uh, the nephew of Levi Hancock. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think he just paid to have the sketch done. And it's obvious that whoever did this sketch actually had gone to the tombstone area of Arizona where you can see these little hills down by the river bottoms. And it, it's perfectly portrayed. Whoever did that sketch had been to the site and knew exactly what they were sketching. If whoever did that sketch was being coached by someone who had been a participant in the Battle of the Bulls, then I think we have a, a compelling case to say this is exactly where it took place. If you're relying just on the maps and, and the general information, there is a 1870s map uh, or 1880s map, I'd have to go look, that was sketched as part of the area when it was being surveyed, and it shows the San Pedro Wagon Road, that's how it's titled, on the west side of the river through this area, but it shows it fairly close to the river. Uh, I've hiked that. In fact, I rehiked it again just recently uh, in 2021, uh, because I had not actually been through the narrows. I wanted to see, was it actually possible that they were down in the river bottoms itself? There's no way. The sand is just too too uh, mobile. Uh, they would have gotten bogged down in, in quote-unquote quicksand, and they would not have been able to go th through the narrows in the river bottoms itself. So they were either over on the west or over on the east side. Is it possible they went around the back side of the hills? Uh, yeah. If they were on the west side, there's this neat little ridge that comes down. And uh, and they talk about being on a ridge line, steep on both sides. Um, I, I kind of wonder if they were on the west side. But again, we've got this, this sketch attributed to Hancock that uh, if we can find out the actual provenance of it and who was involved in its making, we, we may actually have a a first-person uh, representation of where the Battle of the Bulls took place. We, we just don't know. Your blisters obviously healed because you came back uh -huh. and met us in near Sierra Vista, uh -huh. and Arizona, Arizona right. to hike during the, the segment of the trail where the Battle of the Bulls happened. So Right. I'll let Kevin just explain a little bit about how he got access to go on that section of the trail and what that involved. And then we'll talk about the impressions. The chief ranger there for the, uh, um, for the uh, wildlife refuge area there in the San Pedro River. Uh, uh, of course, I was talking to people all along the route, see if they knew and, and could uh, help us. So the tradition was that the road was on the east side of the San Pedro River. And uh, I wanted to look at an area on the west side because it seemed like from their description, they were on the west side. And that may be true. Uh, there's only one sketch uh, that uh, uh, exists from, from near that time period. And that does seem to support them being on the east side or 
right down by the river on the west side. It's kind of hard to tell from the sketch of the Battle of the Bulls. But yeah, we, we were up there and I wanted to look at some areas and it, uh, there were some, yeah. You had to have, he escorted you through that area. Yeah, he had to escort us through there. Uh, I'm not sure it was because he had to, but he definitely wanted to go see what we were doing and where we were at. Uh, there were some gates that we couldn't get through with our vehicles except for him. So that's probably why he, he was really with us. Um, but yeah, we were up on a ridge line uh, between a couple little hills that seemed to be in the sketch. And, and uh, we made our way along this really steep ridge line. And they talk about being on a ridge line where the wagons could have tumbled off on either side. And that kind of fit. But uh, yeah. So then we dropped back down to the river bottoms. We've got some great pictures of you down there. <laughs> I remember uh, wading the river before you were ready with your camera. And so we had to repeat that, uh, uh, that shot. So, yeah, I, I recall that. I, that, was, that was an interesting day. There, was, um, there were wider open places where it was fairly evident that a road at one time may have been built. Uh, I'm qualifying that in part because you tell if you were if you were observant enough that there very well easily could have been a wagon trail through that area without without embellishing with one's imagination. There were evidences there, yeah. but it, it, but when we went down to the river, I remember uh, bushwhacking some pretty prickly underbrush to get to where we wanted to go and it was uh it was grabbing at everything um clothing uh, accoutrements the musket itself i mean i i remember uh pushing that musket in front hoping to get through some of that uh, uh blackthorn and, and some of that mesquite it was it, it was a little bit difficult to get down to the river as i recall yeah it was well worthwhile yeah, obviously it's grown up over the years, but uh, so let me ask you, Val, being in that particular area, how did that help you better appreciate the story of the Battle of the Bulls? Yeah, you know, it, again, when you're there and, and you survey the landscape and the topography, you get a real sense as to how easy it would be for a herd of wild bulls to surprise these guys, encamped, no doubt, close to a source of water. Nevertheless, these animals could have easily been hidden just a mere 25 to maybe 50 yards away. So uh, it, it, it comes as no surprise that these animals were caught by surprise. Uh, in, 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 in this closed-in environment against the river. There's some riparian vegetation down there that's very thick, and so uh, quite easily that an army could assault the battalion. Yeah, it, and the other thing that was interesting for me, too, is you know, I, I would read uh, two or three days ahead of where I was going to be going on any given day and say, okay, this is what I should see coming up to this location. And this is what I should see after I 
past that location. And it's interesting as you go through a place like Battle of the Bulls or, or any of the key locations to do that comparison between what you read in the journals and what you actually see on the ground when you're there and then going back again afterwards and rereading all that again and say, oh, now that's what they were meaning. <laughs> I, I recall sitting down at one point and taking a little bit of a rest and we saw three or four of these very, very shy javelinas and, uh, and, and thinking what a unique opportunity that was because that's a rare occurrence to, to see these, uh, uh, these wild hogs uh, that usually avoid any kind of human contact uh, suddenly appear not too far away but only, but only for them to recognize who we were and then, and then uh, and scatter from the area. So, And we weren't loaded, so we're glad they didn't run through our ranks. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Is it possible for people to get to this location on the trail to look at it for themselves? There are trails in that area that you can hike, yes. Uh, the best place to go to is the uh, San Pedro River House. One of the things we wanted to do was uh, experiment a little bit. Uh, of course, we, we had the map that showed the San Pedro Wagon Road over on the west side. But when you read the journal uh, entries, the ones by Hancock in particular, uh, makes it sound like they're coming down this long ridge that was, and the terrain was steep on either side of it. There's a beautiful ramp, if you will, a spur off the hills on the west side that fits that description perfectly. So uh, Mike Mahoney, who was the director there at the San Pedro River House at the time, went hiking with myself and Val Halford uh, for a distance uh, as we did that. And we're just coming down this beautiful long ramp, steep on both sides. Uh, you could easily move a wagon down the ridge line of this uh, ramp spur and uh, all the way down to the river bottom. It was beautiful. but. Again, that seems somewhat at variance with the uh, sketch by the Hancock uh, image. It seems to be a little too far north to match up exactly with the uh, with the sketch. Of course, if the sketch is representing the first portion of the of the Battle of the Bulls rather than the later portions, uh, we, we still may be. Well, I don't know. I, it's it it's just not enough information to know for for certain. Uh, anyway, Mahoney, uh, this was one of the first places that uh, we had a area where it looked like there was a road being built. And, and Mahoney said, you know, he he was aware of the San Pedro Wagon River, uh, Wagon Road notation on the maps that showed it on the west, uh, showed it on the east side. And here we are hiking on the west side. But as he's walking along, he's looking at these rocks that have been rolled off to the side, to the uh, either side of this road. And you can tell this because these kinds of rocks have got a, if you will, a white bathtub ring around the outside of the rocks and uh, where they laid in, in the soil. The, the bathtub ring corresponded to the level of the soil surrounding the, the, the rock. And so the battalion, if, if you will, they were to build the road, they're using kind of like a flying wedge arrangement of men. They've got a V-shaped group of men walking forward, and they're bending down, picking up the rocks, throwing them to the left, throwing them to the right, to clear the path so the wagon wheels can pass through and the horses can pass through and the mules 
mules can pass through without uh, having to cobble over all these all these rocks. As we're hiking this west side, Mahoney looks at this and he says, you know, I'd always thought it was over on the east side, but this is a this is a primitive road. This is a handmade road. It's not it's not one that's been made using a, a bulldozer with a tractor blade on it because it would pile up the dirt in a different way. These are the individual rocks have been picked up individually and thrown to either side, and uh, that defines it as a hand built road, uh, hand cleared road. I guess is perhaps the better way of saying it. So, um, again, you know, can we date that? Does it, does it date later to when they had the uh, ore stamping factories in, in the area as part of the tombstone gold and silver strikes? Uh, we don't know. We, we just don't know. There's not enough information. But there is a hand-built road over on the west side. And if anyone wants to see Mike Mahoney describing this for Kevin and demonstrating how the road was built, you can go to our YouTube channel and see the video about him showing that. And he might be a BLM person, not the director of uh, the... Uh, okay. Anyway, just to get that correction in there. Thank you. I guess I would like to ask you, what is your most impressive thing that you've read about that situation with the Battle of the Bulls? What sticks out in your mind, other than Lieutenant Frost? What's the most impressive thing about the Battle of the Bulls? Uh, For you, what's made an impression on you? I guess looking at it from a military standpoint, Cook has been with this group now, what, a month and a half. Let's see, mid-October, mid-November, mid-December. So he's been with the group now two months. And he's seen them working through some extremely difficult areas, coming across the, the Plyas Lake area, coming across the the Continental Divide and the Defile coming down uh, off the off the plateau down towards uh, what becomes Arizona, bushwhacking and, and again just difficult circumstances. And they get to the San Pedro and and thank goodness they did. The, you know, finally they got some water, and then they get into this unscripted battle with wild animals, and the men are. Uh, of course, they haven't been drilled. They don't really have military discipline at this point. But apparently, they exercise enough good judgment to avoid killing each other and avoid uh, getting themselves seriously injured. And I think this is one of those times that Cook kind of looks around, and of course, there, yeah, there's, you know, uh, Frost. And Cook says, you know, there's more to these guys than, you know, just generally meets the eye. They're, uh, they're willing to stand in there and, and do what needs to be done. And, of course, he's headed in Tucson uh, a week later, and he's willing to try to attack Tucson, if necessary, with these guys who've never been trained militarily. I think the Battle of the Bulls sets the situation up that Cook was actually willing to consider going into battle if necessary. Uh, a couple of a day or two after the Battle of the Bulls, Cook takes them out and he stops early in the day and, and they actually have target practice and practice loading and, and shooting the guns at, at a hillside on the north end of the San Pedro, uh, close to the town of St. David today. So I think maybe that's one of the things that comes out of the Battle of the Bulls, that Cook realizes he's got men that he can rely on and, and are not... Uh, not cowards. Are there any other memories or uh, 
thoughts that you had about the Battle of the Bulls area? <sighs> scraggly. The area is just scraggly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Again, wouldn't call it pretty, but it's yeah. water. You know, it's water. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the river was fairly shallow. Um, it was... It was a bit of an oasis down in the river bottoms compared to the uplands, which were uh, scorched and, and, and very desert-like in appearance. Um, it was not an easy day. It was a hot day. And uh, marching was, again, a lot more uncomfortable than it was at Fort Leavenworth. And so I got a real good taste of what it was like to, uh, to have actually been on the, on the trailers. But again, it, 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 it come close to what these individuals experienced. It, it was a privilege to join Kevin at that juncture because I knew the story and I appreciated the history. I knew what had happened there. And, and it was a wonderful experience, almost, almost cathartic. If this is the 175th anniversary of the battalion service, Val, what would you say to those who may be interested in experiencing the trail a bit themselves and, or how they maybe get involved in learning more about the history? If it's convenient, well, if you have a real desire to understand a little bit more about the history of the Mormon Battalion, pick a piece or a section of the trail and, and walk, make it a day hike and allow your thoughts with a little bit of background reading, allow your thoughts to wander back uh, all those many years ago and put yourself in the shoes of these individuals and, and drink in the experience. Let it, let it seep into you. Let it speak to you as a voice out of the past. Uh, feel the way they may have felt. Experience a little bit what they experienced. Uh, again, it's, it's, uh, it's transcending. You'll have thoughts out there on the trail that you wouldn't have sitting next to the fireplace in your easy chair reading a book about the Mormon Battalion. They are two very different experiences. So without waxing on too much longer, I just, I just say if, if you want to know who your ancestors are, step into, into their shoes for a day. That's poetic, and I, I could not say that any better. I kind of coined the phrase for myself, you see this history very differently at three miles an hour than you do at 60 miles an hour. Amen, amen. And uh, likewise, you, just, you know, we, we now enjoy being able to go online and pull these different journals. We on the Mormon Battalion Association website, we actually have a linked list of uh, so many of these journals that are so hard to find, and we've provided links to them. People can click on the link, go to it, read it at their pleasure, and then get out on the trail and, and experience it. And uh, uh, and you know, there's just there's so much more information than when we started even 15 years ago. My goodness. The, the amount of information we've been able to pull together in the past decade is just astounding. There are some exciting things happening with the Mormon Town Association in terms of records and primary documents that are really 
expanding the story. So once again, we encourage everybody to visit that site, mormbattalion.com, and um, poke around. For me, I mean, again, memorializing the men and the women in, in the trail, those were one of the goals that we had. But uh, encouraging people to, to know about the battalion, learn about the battalion, become involved in, in commemorating the history, that was the more important goal from, from my perspective. And so here we are, you know, 12, 12 years now past, 13 years now past, almost 13 years past the hike that we did. And uh, remembering that and all the things that came out of that. And the question poses to my mind, who will be there for the 200th anniversary? That's, yeah. That's yeah. one more generation down the road. Who will be that? Who will be those people? I, I probably won't be here for that. But uh, if I do, I'm certainly not going to be doing any hiking, I don't think. But, uh, you know, who who will be here to commemorate the 200th? Yeah. Yeah, they better, that, they better start preparing now. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's an excellent question. I uh, and I hope somebody steps up to the plate. Yeah, uh, that's that somebody feels the need to do something similar to what you and and your dear wife performed. I mean, uh, again, it 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 may not necessarily require something quite so spectacular or quite so challenging to bring to the forefront of everybody's mind that they had an ancestor and that what they accomplished is very worthy. But I I think, I think keeping that memory alive is really, really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. And I think that was one of the purposes that I wanted to try to capture and, and record and document and visit with those who participated in our little trek so that um, we can hopefully spark just a little bit of interest in somebody else, like Kevin said, and to carry the torch on so that there will be people that can talk about the battalion and the trail and the history uh, at its 200th anniversary when many of us won't be there. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time with us tonight. It's been great. Thank you for reaching out. Thanks, bud. Appreciate you, too. My best to both of you, and keep soldiering on.